Very cool, huh? Yeah. And now I think Very we got Jacob out in the uh, uh, out in the lobby. Woody. Uh, but let's do you first. Okay. Uh, and then we'll then we'll get to know Jacob. Uh, wow, I'm a little bit out of breath. No commercial breaks, and I didn't even do the talking there. That was easy. Um, you know, it's easy doing a radio show when you got someone else talking, and that's why I invited you here, DJ. You know that, right? I figured with a guy <laughs> named DJ, uh, but that's your handle, right? That's my handle. Yes. Uh, very so. cool. And uh, you're a Salt Lake guy? No, I'm from Haiti, but I live in Salt Lake. Salt Lake now, but originally from Haiti. From Haiti, yes. Uh, Poor Prince Haiti, the capital. Uh, very cool. And you're yeah. 30 years old. Yes. And you moved to the States 15 years ago. 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Yes. Okay. 2009. Uh, and now you're uh, out of the, uh, the, the ears of the Utah Jazz, the, the noise of the Utah Jazz in the stadium there. That's so cool. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's a long process, especially coming from Haiti and um, coming to Utah, actually, not knowing anyone and coming to a new place, you know, being exposed to the cold. For the first time, my first winter was very interesting. But Have you been in Utah 11 years? I've been in Utah when I was in college, I was going back and forth. Every t after each semester, I was just go I was going back home, spend time with the family, or go back east for a little bit, and then come back for school. But since I got done with school, I've been here full time. What year did you graduate? Twenty fifteen. University of Utah. Weber State. Oh, Weber State. Yeah. Oh, you're a Weber State guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I, I did I did my last semester at the U, but I graduated at Weber State. Okay. I just needed some classes from the U, so I finished it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we were talking a little bit. Uh, well, first, how'd you get this gig with Utah Jazz? That's totally cool. Did it was there uh, something you applied for? How did that how did that come about? Um, I didn't apply for it. They actually reached out to me, but um, to put it together, I think it's uh, me wanting more and me pushing my brand, and them seeing value in me, and then we we connected like that. So. And they I, reached out to you. They reached out to me and. They saw value in me, and I also understood how I could help them. And that's always my angle. How can I help you instead of how you can help me? So I figured out I could be a, an asset to, the, to this organization. Then I was the right guy for this gig. Good approach, bro. Yeah. Oh, that worked, huh? <laughs> it does work, seriously. It's got to be challenging to uh, make a living, a career, out of being a DJ. It is. As, I think as as an artist, for sure, it is challenging. Especially it's kind of like a magician. you got to be good. You, you have to be good. You also have to understand it's a business. You might like what you're doing. You might be very talented. But at the end of the day, you're running a business, too. So there's two sides to it. Your talent and what you love doing and also the business side. You have to run it like a business in order for you to be consistent and in order for you to make any money. And are you good at that? I am good at that. Uh, I've been I've I never had any other job in my life. I've been an entrepreneur since I was I don't know when. I always wanted to be self-sufficient. It's, it's the ultimate security. Security. I always felt like I can make something happen for me and regardless where, what situation I was in, I always wanted to push myself to be better, to get better and also ultimately to serve to a level where they can't miss me. Right on. Yeah. 
So as an artist, this this I I think that's the ultimate goal. Understand, you, at some point you have to make the, the transition. Understand, you're running a business. Okay, now how do I market myself? Who do I want to serve? Who's my client? How do I attract them to my brand or my company? And how do I become make enough money and become consistent? And what's my worth? Because you could play every night, five five days a week, seven days a week, but you're not making enough money. You have to be able to value your worth and show whoever's hiring you this is what you're worth and this is why, why they are hiring you. And I think that's how you can make a living. That's just my from my experience. Uh, yeah, and you've got a couple of things on LinkedIn uh, that I pulled here uh, about that, right? You've written about uh, how much to charge, what to get paid, the value of a good DJ, right, right, what to right. look for in a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, including um, getting uh, uh, for your different events, having the people that are hiring you suggest music to you that they know their crowd will relate to. That's right. So yeah, it's it's all a process. That's why I, I, my goal is to help and teach. At the end of the day, I want to educate my client so they understand why they they are hiring me as a professional. Why when I give them my cost and why is it worth hiring me as their professional to help them. So basically, I'm going to be on your team to help you understand this is this is how it goes from my experience, from my talent, from my skills. This is how I can, this is, this is what I bring to the table. There's one thing that I like in this article I got here. You were talking about this, uh, uh, more than one factor that will determine a DJ cost. I can't tell you how much other DJs charge, but I have to go back to the drawing board for your business, you say. First of all, every event is different. The amount I will charge for a festival, a major company event, will not be the same as a private event or a wedding. Yes. Every event is, is always different. Always. It's, it's, it's never, ever going to be the same. Even if you DJ, play at the same place every weekend, it's always going to be different. The crowd is going to be different. The night is going to be different. The mood, the music you're going to be playing is going to be different. Now you're going to have to ask yourself a question. How much effort does it take for me to able to execute this event? How much, what's required for me to be able to put together something in order to make your event successful? A festival, there's more stress to it. There's more planning. You have to, it's, you're probably playing for a bigger audience, a more diverse audience. You have to do more homework. You have to understand where are you playing, what kind of music they like. You know, it's, it's to make 20 people move or 2,000 people move, it's a different level of work. That's why you're, the price is probably going to be a little different. Let's say someone is doing a wedding. The wedding might be, let's say in Park City, it's a, maybe it's, you have to travel all the way to Park City. You have to bring all your equipment to Park City. You have to understand what's the expectation of this couple during, a, let's say they're coming from out of town and they're, they're, they chose Park City as their destination. They might have a vision. Their vision might be a vision from the East Coast that you have to bring into Park City. So it's it's that's all the work that comes into it, and that's why the pricing is, is going to vary based on the type of event you're doing. Uh, that's interesting. I thought that that was kind of a transparent approach, I'll call it, when I when I saw that on uh, on LinkedIn. I like that approach. That's that's always my goal, just to be transparent and teach and educate. And because the the more educated the client is, the better uh, decision they're going to make. And if it's going to be even 
more apparent that you're the right person for it because you're seen as the professional, you're seen as the expert, and you are seen as the one who want to help them, not just take their money. So let, let's talk about this new experience you've got with the Jazz. The season started a little earlier this year, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, Mid-October, mid we're already a month or so in. I think you got seven home games under your belt. Yeah. Um, I'll bet there's a lot that goes into uh, bringing on the production of an NBA game. Yes, it's um, it's amazing to see everything that goes behind the scene. It's amazing to see the level of work, of detail, uh, paying attention to detail, um, production, um, the amount of people that that are in the building just to make sure everything goes well and just to make sure the fans and are having a good time and the experience is amazing. Every game, it's it feels like it's it's. It's it's own it's its own thing, but it feels like it's a whole kind of experience. Like it takes a lot of preparation. That's why you need to have professional in the building. What time do you get there? Game For time me, is seven. Seven. I get there at three. Get there at three. I get there at three. I sit up, and usually players from the other team they start showing up at four, and I start playing until seven until when the game starts. So you you got to go in the whole time during warm ups and stuff. Warm ups get there the whole time when different players from the draft they come out too you got uh, uh fit 30 critics out there doing layup lines uh you better have some good music on exactly 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 so it's it's very interesting and also one of my objective and my goal and the reason why i'm there too is to make sure the players are i'm setting up the players so they, they can be excited they can have the energy they need to have a good game and basketball is very related to hip-hop and all those players, that's what they listen to anyway. So if I can be in the building and provide that and make sure they're in the right mindset frame with the music they're listening to. And get, them, get them loose, get comfortable. Them loose, exact, comfortable. Light on their toes then, so they can entertain us. That's right. And when the fans start showing up, I can transition a little bit for the fans and make sure the fans also are getting hyped up and bring the energy to the building and to make sure the fans and the players or helping each other have a good time. And that, of course, you know, can be a challenge uh, here here in Utah. You know, the Jazz have been, uh, it's been noted, you know, for uh, decades, you know, that it's uh, the African-American community here is a relatively small percentage compared to other places in the country. I think it's about 3%. Uh, we've had our history of uh, issues with uh, racism and controversy mm -hmm. like everywhere else mm -hmm. um, um, in the world. But I think that's got to be a, a, a fun, unique challenge for you because the culture of Utah is changing. The, the nature of Salt Lake City is changing. And I think even um, the jazz organization itself has changed over the years. And I think uh, just life is it's very interesting. Things happen for you at the right time. So for me, the way I always see it is my job is to make sure I do my best in everything I do. And some people will criticize, some people want, and that's none of my business. All I have to do is do my best and make sure that when I'm in the building, my value, people can see my value and they can't forget about me in a way where the, the, the level of expertise, the level of help I, I, I bring in the building is being, in, we're in Utah for sure, you know, I personally don't hang out with a lot of African American or Black people or even Haitian because I don't. I just don't make. I don't see them as often where I can make connections. I have a few friends, of course, but it's not a lot. But 
for me, I see even bigger than that. I just want to inspire other people all around the world, especially people now are watching me, seeing me growing up. A lot of people just, just want to be inspired and see someone like them that's doing something crazy and something that at a level where they could be, wow, if you can do it, I can do it too. And that's, that's my angle. I just want to, I just want to be able to inspire and, and make sure people ju don't just live a mediocre li life. They push themselves to get better and not just do bigger things, but more interesting in their life and enjoy th this experience. This is a whole experience. Um, you're the envy of a lot of people. <laughs> so do you have it all laid out before you get there at 3 o'clock, uh, what you're going to play, the tracks you got laid out? Do you have a pretty good idea lined up, or are you kind of uh, improvising and winging it a bit? I have a pretty good idea. I also do my homework the day before. I kind of figure out what I want to play. If there's a new song, I'm going to get it. I'm going to download it. I'm going to play with it, see if what's going to work with, that, with what. Um, but I... It's when I get there, I, f I, I get the feel of what's going on around me, and I go by that. What about you ask any of the players what they want to hear? What does what does Joe Engels want to hear? Joe Engels, I mean, as far as for now, he he's cool with pretty much anything. A few players they have specifics, and when they come around, I try to you know play a few of what they like, and you know slowly but surely I'll know what they like, and eventually we'll make it work. We could we'll we'll create that relationship where as they know. I'll bring the, what they want, and they don't have to worry about anything. And I think that that uh, same connection, you're talking about that with the relationship with the players, I'll bet that you've got just a, a great opportunity to develop that same relationship with the management and, and operators of the Utah Jazz and the Mary, Larry Miller uh, company because um, that's an extraordinary family that does really wonderful things for the community, and we're lucky to have the jazz. Yes, they do. They do a lot of stuff for the community. I even had to go back and do some research because I had I have to understand who I'm dealing with, and I have to understand who's around me. Exceptionally generous people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's just I have to understand so I can better appreciate the opportunity I have, and also, and and that will allow me to serve better when I understand what I'm doing. I don't, I'm, I don't just want to come here and play music. I want to do more than that. I want, I, I want to help them level up the, the, the experience they have at the jazz. If I have an idea, I always share it with people in the building. And if I see something somewhere else, I let them know what's going on. And just because it's a team play, it's like basketball. I'm like part of it too. So I, I, I will tell them. Part of it, you're, you're, you, that was understated because you're the, you're the musical art in, yeah. in that uh, 20, 18,000 person arena. Right, right, right. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You play any Ozzy Osbourne during the breaks? Uh, <laughs> no, no Ozzy. <laughs> Crazy Train, you know, they're always playing that. Or We Are the Champions by Queen, we, right? We, I, mean, I, I, I do, I have some different, I, I play stuff like that, but I, play different remixes of it just just brings it's make it more exciting okay okay then i that's might have thing. a few i'm gonna give you yeah, a, if, yeah a couple yeah, clips give me a couple we'll make it more exciting mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing because you know utah jazz they have a better team this year and i feel like we could take it far and and that's i want more people to be excited about utah yeah well, i was just gonna say that it's got great energy yeah it's got the, great energy and, and why not be part of something with great energy and even bring more energy and make a lot of people looking outside and you know they you know they have their opinion about it but we can change that hey let's talk a little bit about of uh, where you came from mm -hmm. uh instead of where you're going right. uh but haiti you grew up in haiti 
Yes, I grew up in Haiti. I did my all my schooling there until high school. And um, and you shared with me before you came on, there were times where it was so dangerous that you didn't leave the house and you didn't go to school. Yeah, at times it, it was it was difficult. It's, it, sometimes I did not understand what was going on. Sometimes I did. It's just it's just a cycle that I don't I I can't control, and I, I I just don't understand what's holding those people back. You know, it's just uh, hopefully one day soon we'll get out of there and hopefully we can move forward because there's a lot of great people. I love the culture. I love the food. The the landscape is great. The weather's good. We have the 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 beach. We're an island. It's not huge. It's small, and it's, you, you know a lot of people around. You can really make connection with people, and it's all those things. But there's a few things holding us back. So hopefully we'll get out of it soon. And some uh, recent, more recent uh, political turmoil in Haiti. In the last couple of months, there's been uh, rioting and uh, government use of force and innocent people being killed. I see that Delta Airlines, who had reestablished flights into Haiti, I think in 2012, just announced yesterday that they were stopping. I think uh, interest in tourism's dropping, and Haiti is asking for uh, international help. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't even I, – what I, my own focus when I think about Haiti is just my family, making sure they're okay because – you know, that's the only people I have there. And overall, it's just so many things happening. You don't really know who's behind what and who who's actually suffering from it. Because the people that I, I think would be suffering are the ones doing the, the crazy things. And, yeah, I, and I there's don't, a real lawlessness. So I, I'm not, I don't understand. So I, at the end of the day, you kind of have to kind of focus on your family and making sure they're okay and, and then take it from there. And history, or Haiti just has a uh, history of, you know, sort of one dictator after another and and replaced, 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 replaced. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really politically unstable place, has been uh, uh, for a long time. Yeah, I think the last dictator we had was maybe in the 50s or 40s, something like that. But every president, it's just, there's a fight and, you know, it's just... It's yeah, just thank some, you for correcting me on that, right? Dictator it, Doc, but I don't mean to suggest that all or some would say, you know, the whatever side you're on. Oh yeah, call yeah, him, yeah. Call him the Yeah, yeah. I the think dictator. he was the he was the last one. Uh right. Papa Doc. So, yeah. Right. He was but I wasn't even alive yet. But um But now I think the last election hasn't been approved. It it, it was approved, but it's just at some point some side of I don't know if it's the the wealthy side or the people with you know the poor side. They just want him to go away. It's it, the problem. I, I know exactly what the problem is. People think the government is going to change their life, and they don't realize nothing's going to change for you until you change. And that's a big problem. Their all their hope is on the government. And I think people have those same expectations here. But here it's it's a little different. America is just, it's just way ahead, and where think even if you rely on the government, the government has a lot to give back. Right. In a country like Haiti, government doesn't have a lot to give back in the first place. So how can you rely on that right. the government? So it's, that's that's the big difference. And then here we've got the giant world economy. Exactly. You have the economy and everything. But like I said, if you focus on yourself and, we go, and don't pay attention to – I mean, you have to be aware of what's going on, but you don't pay attention to the news, You your life is going to move forward. And that's what you should focus on. Move forward, and the people around you are going to be better because you're doing better, and you're going to inspire other people. And that's one of my, home fo my whole focus is just getting better and inspire others to do better. 
Uh, you're talking about family. Where are mom and dad? My mom is in. Is in my mom and dad are. They are in Haiti. They're in Haiti. Yeah, my sister and also my older brother too. Do you have any other family here in Utah? I have one brother here, and one. the rest of my family they live in the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Massachusetts and New York. I have a lot of family in New York. Okay. Most of my family in New York actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> exciting life. It is. It is exciting. Life is interesting. So it's a, it's a blessing just to be alive. It's a blessing to be here with you today. And I want to say thank you for this opportunity. It must have been a huge um, reward for you when you got uh, uh, hired by the Utah Jazz. It, it it is. It's 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 step. It's just everything. You keep going. You keep going on it. You have little things going step by step. People see what's happening now, but it's. I can tell you, it's nothing happened. Nothing happens overnight. You have to keep going and also set, have big goals, big dreams. Utah now, it's a, a chapter in my life, and I know where I want to go. I want to keep pushing myself. I want to get better. I want to do bigger things. I want to travel the world just like Lucas. Why not? And that's the question. Why not? Why not? Why not? And, and impact even more people. Um, just make sure that when you buy that private plane, it's big enough to uh, have me in the back there. Uh, you know, nobody comes on the program where I'm not going to ask him for something down the line. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I have a spot for you. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, my pleasure getting to know you. I'm going to uh, ask you to swap seats. I got a, a, a Jacob uh, Dunford, I think, uh, yes. sitting in the lobby area there. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get caught up with him a little bit and uh, wrap up this show with no commercials. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. I'll follow up with you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Awesome. Can you grab Jacob? Uh, wow, I hope that uh, Dick Perry, the owner of the station, isn't upset with me if I'm just going to blast through all these commercials. But uh, that was great. I really appreciate that. And I like that hat, bro. Thank you. Is that, that authentic? I got it in Spain. Spain? Yeah. Okay, cool. Looks like the Panama, man. Awesome.